Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Juniata Podcast. What's up, Jamel? What's up, Rohan? How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm so excited for this. This is going to be fun. Very fun. Special episode, a special edition of the Juniata Podcast. We have video, so we have some cameras rolling. And we're not in a podcasting studio. We're, we're in not. fact in JBC, the Juniata the Brewing, Brewing Company, Company, with Professor Jim Tutu. I'm happy to be here. Welcome to the Juniata Podcast. I'm Absolutely. delighted to be in the podcast. Uh, all right. We're awesome. glad you're here. <laughs> well, so obviously, if y'all are wondering why we're here at a brewery with a private audience, actually, uh, who are here to listen to us talk. There you go. Look at you. It's because goodness. we wanted to do a fun edition. Um, talk about. I'm not going to name the show uh, that we're copying, but <laughs> we're going to talk about the history of Juniata and Huntingdon with a few beers. Beverages. Be- beverages. Beverages. We can say beers on on sure, there. Sure, I sure. sure. Right? Okay. <laughs> Pro- right. Prohibition was a long time ago. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. So before we start. Thank oh. you once again. For Ooh, somebody drank my beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Right. Cheers. Thank Appreciate you all that. for coming. Cheers, guys. Yes. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Ooh, that's kind of sad. Sad. It's all right. There's more. There is more. Maybe I can convince somebody to <laughs> retrieve something else uh, for me. We have some hopefully more guests. Yes, more guests. Right. <laughs> Y'all have a lot of entourage. <clears throat> Look, people are excited for you to be on the podcast, dude. Mm-hmm. It was the the special guest that okay. attracted this huge Not audience. Not the brewery, but all right. No. Where's Sean? <laughs> 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 all right. Okay. So the first thing we usually do mm-hmm. um, at the podcast is we invite people and we ask them to talk about themselves. We should mm-hmm. do that this time uh, as well. <laughs> d- absolutely. We got to keep it the same way that we mm-hmm. usually do. Same format. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm I'm more used to talking about dead people. But oh, I, I can try that. People. <laughs> you know? well. So <laughs> I've been at Juniata 24 years. 24 years. 24 years. Jamal, how old are you? 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it's, uh, I've, yeah, I've spent most of my life at Juniata, I think. Um, but that's been good for me. So I'm, I'm a history professor, as I think you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, so my class, so sometimes when you start, you know, Juniata, because we're small, you know, you go through like new faculty orientation and my group in new faculty orientation was me, right? Yeah. Jim Tootin, Jim Bogart and Jamie White. That was, that, we were, that was the crew. The well, that was 24 years ago? It worked out ago? pretty good. I mean, <laughs> two of those people are really good professors. Yeah. But they've huh. kept me too. And I appreciate that. Okay. Dr. Tootin was not mentioning himself at all. I see. <laughs> yeah, so I teach uh, U.S. history primarily, but then I, I do some non-U.S. stuff with history of food. Oh, that's a great Which, class. Uh, Malcolm did. <laughs> and uh, and I, this little course on Barbados, it's hard to get student interest in that class. Took I think it took a whole eight minutes to fill up this year. No so way. Eight, minutes. eight minutes? I, I'd Man. be willing to bet it was the fastest filling course on the whole campus when when yeah when it wow. opened honestly <laughs> I mean, it's hard to feel faster than 10 minutes so you know I, yeah I, but, really but 10 minutes is when the system crashes you know <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you have yeah. everybody in before the system crashes yeah yep. it, they had to <laughs> yes it's it's a quick move you well, got to got to get there mm-hmm. uh i've heard about the history department mm-hmm. and i've heard 
uh, something you do every Friday at oh. three o'clock. Yeah. Would you care to explain to our audience who doesn't know what that is? Sure. So we have, for quite a while, a decade, we've uh, it kind of started as a little like accidental thing one Friday afternoon. You know, it's everybody's feeling a little, little tired, a little brain dead, and they had uh, someone had some miniature golf putters and one of our members in the department was like there's a golfer so he brought a couple of golf balls in and he brought like a little plastic you know putting practice thing that he picked up at like you know a sporting goods store so we just started putting in the hallway and then some students started joining us and then it became a thing so there was this competition where like the professors that participated were competing with each other the students were competing with each other and just kind of became you know it kind of grew sometimes you know we've had uh we've had international guests join us we've had Ooh. guests from other places in the u.s join us we've had uh the president and provost try at least once to do at least one <laughs> hole every year i will say the very first time troja president troja joined us for hall golf mm -hmm. hole in one Hole in one. He just dropped the club and walked away. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> right? I mean, it's like that's as good as it's gonna do. You might as well just might as well just accept your victory and, and leave. Nope. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So it's a good time. Wow. That, do you have a name for it? Do you, we just call it Hall Golf. Hall Golf. Yeah. Hall Every Friday at three p.m. Every Friday about three, and sometimes if the weather's nice, like this past Friday, mm -hmm. it gets to be beautiful spring weather. We may play outside. Oh, okay. Mm. That's kind of neat. We took golf inside. We can take it back outside, <laughs> right? I think All I know right. what I'm doing Friday at 3. Mm -hmm. now. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things yeah. that, that just kind of happened to become a thing, mm -hmm. you know, I, I heard back in the day a few people uh, left campus uh, for, for, for some unknown reason, <laughs> um, and that just kind of became a thing. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that uh, is true. <laughs> <Would you? laughs> Are you talking um, about Mountain Day? I am talking about Mountain Day. And I love the way you talk about Mountain Day. So, uh, you know, I, uh, sometimes the whole COVID experience we've all had, right, that, you know, kind of circles my mind back a little bit to Mountain Day. Because, you know, we've all had these experiences of different levels of fear and worry and like, what the heck's going on and how do I understand this? Um, they had m so much less information than we did, right? Yeah. What but year was this? 1877. Whew. Oh. So college has just started. <laughs> and smallpox was this incredibly scary disease, right? Like, if you're lucky, you live, mm -hmm. but you have big pock marks all over your face. <laughs> yep. That's was, that was not great, right? After having suffered mightily. And, mm -hmm. you know, smallpox could take an entire family. Yeah. Right. So it was a, a horrible and truly feared disease. Yeah. But it's also the case that smallpox, in terms of the early symptoms, and measles and chickenpox look kind of similar. In fact, can look really similar if you got a because you have a you know as we all have become a lot more knowledgeable about viruses. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. You know, you get more virulent strains, right? You have different, different strains that float out over time. So what happened is here in Huntington, a um, one or two people show up at one of the local doctors. I think there's like two or three doctors in Huntington Borough at the time. It's like today, and <laughs> nothing's changed. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, and 
they were presenting these symptoms, and one of the doctors is like, dude, that's smallpox. Oh, no. Wow. So one of the other doctors was like, well, I'm not so sure. But nobody listened to him. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone's like, oh, my God, it's smallpox. So every, you know, that's like shut everything down. We've, we've, lived, we've lived through this kind of experience, right? It's like yep. shut everything down. Nobody mm-hmm. go anywhere. Yep. So for the college, that meant send everybody home quickly as possible without, you know, interacting with anybody. So most of the folks head out, but there was a group of students who were here, some a group of students who were from Ohio, which is a country on the other side of Pennsylvania. That is far away. It is far, <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, it was too expensive for them to hop the train and go back, and nobody knew how long this thing was going to last. Mm-hmm. Again, sounds sort of familiar, right? <laughs> and then there were a couple other students and so, who couldn't go home for various reasons. So a couple of the professors were like, all right, well, somebody's got this like, went, like cabin in the woods on the mountain. And we'll go up there, and there's plenty of firewood, and we'll just take some food, and we'll just kind of keep sort of having school, and we'll just have to like, you got to be, you know, wash your own dishes, make your own food, uh. provide your own heat. I know, that <laughs> makes college, really kind of makes that dorm sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so what happens is, um, you know, they go and they live there for a while. They live as this little group for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the smallpox scare is kind of over and they come back and kind of resume life as it was. Well, you know how college students are. If you have one group that get to do, some, do a cool thing. You feel uh, left you out. Feel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, too late for FOMO, right? It's like mm-hmm. just fe- the missing yeah. out is just the thing. Back they're like, oh, my God, it sounded in 1877 18, version of FOMO. FOMO. <laughs> so they're like, this sounded so great. And so then they're like, uh, the next year, they, they, they were like, well, how about we just like go up to the cabin again? Like, well, I'll just everybody will go and yeah. we'll have a day off and it'll be a great time. And nobody was thinking this is going to be a great tradition and we'll still be doing this in 2022. Did it because they had to. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's start. To, yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So in a way it's like, maybe we have to figure out what thing from COVID. I don't have an answer for this to turn into a fun <laughs> tradition. I don't, I don't have a good answer. Yeah. Zoom cocktail parties. I don't know. Hmm. Um, oh my God. But you, the you have an idea there, <laughs> but, uh, but that's what happened. And then, you know, then it, it just kind of kept going. And for a while, you know, there were moments here or there over, the, over Geniata's history where it faltered for a moment or two. And then, but then it just became cemented as this really special day that uh, is good for everybody, good for mental health. And, of course, you know, these days you can take it a lot of ways, right? You can go to the lake and paddleboard, which I don't think they could do in 1877. <laughs> well, there wasn't no lake in 1877, was there? There was no lake in 18... No, it was, it was a river. A little after that, they made the first little baby dam. And then... But, I mean... 1960s into early 70s when they made the big dam. You you did have um, a, an eye for eye team, I believe, work on a uh, Juniata history encyclopedia. I did. I did. I had... Um, I think it was practically the SEAL Team Six <laughs> of I for I students. If I if I do I, if I, I do say so, I, I think they did a good job in putting a whole lot of history on that uh, on the Juniata site. Did. And I think one of those things happened to be the raft regatta. Oh, oh, another that tradition is quite that a thing. It's not a tradition anymore. It's not a tradition anymore. Well, well, some my, traditions are 
you know, <laughs> like like rock stars. They burn up fast and then they're, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> well, when I, I've heard from um, plenty of Juniata folks that Raf Regatta was a thing when liability wasn't a thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a big <laughs> element of truth to that. <laughs> so Raf Regatta was, um, so that was usually on like a Saturday. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, I don't remember off the top of my head the exact year it started, but it started maybe 60s or 70s. It kind of ran 70s into the 80s, mm -hmm. and somewhere in the 80s apparently it got a little tricky. <laughs> the idea, and it's hard to picture this, is that a bunch of students would drink a lot. No, we what? <laughs> uh, you have, you have to use your imagination when you're dealing with history. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so they would um, build these rafts, and in a way, you tried to deliberately build, a, from what I can tell, you, know, like you don't want to spend money on your raft, so it's like build it out of stuff you can find. So it's pallets and old kegs and old you, know, <laughs> you know, anything that'll float that you could scavenge you know, in an alleyway or uh -huh. on junk days or something <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. And so then, in theory, there's, I think, a, a nominal race, but it was mostly Just drunk floating on these rafts. Yep. You can see where liability <laughs> concern could come in there somewhere. Possibly. Right. Mm -hmm. I Possibly. mean, most of the time, Geniata is not that deep in any one spot that, you know, that they were going through. But even so. I see. Yeah. Even so. I see. So, well, so it had a, a short and glorious history. Okay. Well, I think we should take a break um, just for the next five minutes because there's a train, train passing dressing. by. Yeah. Uh, but we'll come back and my, continue my talking about it. Maybe we can fix that, too. That, too. All right. Welcome back. Uh, we were here with uh, Dr. Jim Tutin uh, talking about Juniata history with a couple of beers. Um, couple so, of I know you wanted to share with us a few Juniata stories that you would want everyone to know about. Oh, yeah. I am excited for uh, these stories. I would love, we would love to share these stories if you could. So, the, the first one is very short. I mean, it, 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 to me, it's, it comes down to this, right? You know how... In most towns, right? So I think like um, over the mountain, there's a, a town and university that shall go unnamed. And they have a magazine there called Town and Gown, right? Which is this long expression. I think it goes all the way back to like Oxford and England, right? That, mm. You know, the idea that there's the university people and they're townies, right? Mm. And there's often been, most places, there's some tension around that stuff. But I think here's the thing that everybody associated with Juniata should know. The borough of Huntingdon fought to have Juniata be here. So when, when uh, this group of folks who became usually called the founders, right, as in Founders Hall, um, <laughs> they were like, we're going to make a school. And it's funny how they kind of got going because they're like, well, we want to have a school for brethren, a high school for brethren kids. That was their idea. And mm -hmm. somebody was like, well, where will you get teachers unless there's a brethren college? So that was like the big leap. Like, mm -hmm. we'll have a, let's make a brethren college to educate right. teachers yeah. in order to have teachers uh, for this school. Now, it pretty quickly went far, far beyond that. But that was the initial idea. And if you look on the Founders Halls, you know, uh, on the bell tower out by the fountain, you'll see it says Brethren Normal School, because that was the original name, right? Normal school was what you called any school that trained teachers was a normal school. Okay. So they start up, you know, but they're over here, not very far from where we sit right now, uh, over on this part of the town, <laughs> in a, they really started meeting kind of in the upper floors of, a, of one of the buildings over here. 
or the or some of the founders had a press. Oh, so the first building wasn't. No, not uh, not up on college, what we call College Hill now. Oh. College Hill is there because the borough of Huntington. They they say to the folks in the borough and a couple of other places, including faraway countries like Ohio, where there were some <laughs> brethren. You know, we're going to build this somewhere. Who wants to be the host city right. for, you know, for this college we're planning? Huh. And Huntington Borough's like, when they heard other places might be in the mix, they're like, whoa, whoa. No, no, we're going to make this happen. And mm -hmm. so pretty early on, they secure the 100 or so acres, the core of that up on College Hill, and like, how about this spot on the high ground up here? You like it? Because that can be yours if you want to build the college up there. That's wow. a good offer. It is a good <laughs> offer. So I always like to remember that, right? Like Huntington was like, no, we think our town's better by having your school, so we're going to make it possible for you. That's a cool Huntington connection. Yeah. I never would have thought about that. Yeah, me neither. Honestly, that Junietta came to be about just teaching teachers first, and then we're going to, you know, then we'll teach, you know, the youth. We still teach the teachers sometimes. <laughs> what, what do you teach the teachers? I don't know. What do we teach the teachers? How to teach. And geology. <laughs> we, teach them, we teach them their subject knowledge and how to teach. Interesting. Right. And we keep them on their toes every mm -hmm. once in a while by doing a little bad teaching in class. This is something I try to do a little bit. <laughs> so they'll, they'll go, oh, right. I see he was just testing me to see if I could recognize the bad teaching practice. And I won't do that. Knowledge. No. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I know. Wow. Dude. That's, a, that's a very cool story. Absolutely. It's a story, all right. I, I, <laughs> I believe you have one more. Yeah, well, so I thought I might tell you about possibly the greatest Juniata alumnus that no one remembers. He okay. didn't even die that long ago. How many of you have had an MRI done? Jamel? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just, you know, Jamel's a two-sport athlete, and I have seen him banged up a little bit. Yeah, we could count them on two hands, maybe. <laughs> so a number of you have had the experience of, of MRIs. Um, there is an absolutely A to B to C link mm -hmm. between this Juniata alumni and your MRI. Wait, what? So there's a guy named Erwin Hahn. Did you ever learn about Erwin Hahn? So we should. Like, why don't we talk about Erwin Hahn? So Erwin Hahn, so some people say, and by some people I mean Wikipedia, <laughs> that the only thing I really remember from his Wikipedia entry is there's a line in there that says, um, many consider him um, one of the most egregious cases of skipping somebody over for the Nobel Prize. That's fair. How about that? Wow. Um, so he was a chemistry major at Juniata. He was uh, from Swickley, Pennsylvania. What? <laughs> yeah, he was from what? Sewickley. <laughs> There's still people who come from Sewickley to this Sewickley? day. I don't think I've ever heard of Sewickley, Pennsylvania. Came to Juniata, was a chemistry <laughs> major, graduated in 1943, right? So like you, college life was not as expected during his four years, right? Um, it was all leading up to World War II and then World War II. Yep. Um, edited the Juniata newspaper. He'll apparently like for multiple years, maybe all four years, was involved. It was a track and field athlete. Ooh. And uh, I double-checked that just for you. I appreciate it. So I was you. like, what if he played football or basketball? <laughs> I'd be so cool, but oh, apparently not. It's all right. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. <laughs> it wasn't for my knees, but. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when he graduated, he, of course, he was drafted because the war is on. Does a service, 
um, when he gets out, he decides that his true love is really physics. Hmm. It happens to people, right? <laughs> and so he's like, chemistry, fine, but I'm going to do it physics instead. So he goes to graduate school in physics. I think he goes to like Purdue for his master's, goes to the University of Illinois for his PhD, and then he stays for his postdoctoral work. And during that postdoctoral work, he discovered, um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, my defense is not my weak knowledge of physics, which also <laughs> exists, <laughs> but because we're, we're doing this under strict conditions. Mm, that's um, right. Yes, yes, of course. So what he, what he did is he discovered nuclear spin echoes that uh, oh, yeah. if you... That. Right. Which is the basis, which is the theoretical discovery, in a sense, from which folks go, well, from that, we can make an MRI, right? We can use, um, we can use this to detect what's going on in Jamel's knees, <laughs> which turns out to be pretty necessary. <laughs> what's going on in your knees? <laughs> I don't know. So you can come up with almost anything other than the Nobel Prize for which scientists can win, like Humboldt Prize, got one of those. Oh. I think he got, maybe he got a Wolf Kuhn, which is like super math prize. I think he got one of those. Okay. They do, I mean, <laughs> don't, you know, check the sources, right? <laughs> but I'm just telling you, the guy won every prize a physicist can win except well, the Nobel. I think this is sad that I'm just now hearing about I this know, guy. I know. Like, well, Bill Phillips is still living, right? And he did win a Nobel Prize in yeah. his junior auto alum. So that's got to count for something. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. And sure. Professor White occasionally gets mistaken for Bill Phillips, which <laughs> I find very funny. <laughs> Happened as re recently as last Friday in my wow. hearing. Oh, that is, that is very funny. It does it's make scary. you wonder if people are stereotyping physicists a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you're, you're telling me there was an alumni, someone who graduated from Juniata, invented yep. something that led to... He basically discovered, in a sense, that you could, that this happened, right, that, this, and that, um, that it could be measured... And then that leads to the MRI, the MRI, and nuclear magnetic resonance imaging. All that, all that, all that stuff comes out of that discovery. That is so freaking cool. You, as that's <laughs> that's cool. So right. you're telling me <laughs> that without this dude, they would not know what to do with me. They would just be like. We know your knees hurt, but what can we do? <laughs> just, just wrap it up. Just wrap it oh, up. No. Ice, ice and some wrap, man. That's all we got for you. They, they practice the rice method. Rest, yes. ice, yes. compression, Co compression, yep. elevation. Yes, yep. I remember there, that. There it is. There. <laughs> so I once sprained my ankle. My friends taught me the rice method. Um, oh. Those how friends are sitting here in the audience. How did <laughs> you, how'd you sprain, sprain your ankle, dude? <clears throat> it was... Um, did you have a few beverages in there? <laughs> <laughs> very aggressive like game of Twister. <laughs> well, <laughs> aggressive game of Twister. <laughs> it was a very, very aggressive game of Twister. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have one more story? I do have one more. Yeah. One more. Uh, one more. And okay. then I'm going to cut off the stories. All right. Hang it. Uh, or at least those, those stories. Okay. So one of my favorite things, like mm -hmm. little quirky stories. So we were talking about... The, you know, this guy, Andy Murray, who uh, still lives here in Huntington. He's been retired from Juniata for quite a while, a dozen years or more. Retired professor? Yeah, retired professor. Okay. He was the college chaplain in the, before 
he was a professor and uh, finished his doctorate after he was already here as a chaplain. And I have to uh, give a little props to my student, Zoe Watson, who interviewed, uh, I knew sort of some of these stories and then over time, I sometimes send students to interview him because there's always more stuff. Because Andy Murray, among other things, for those of you who are here, came up with Tenting for Madrigal. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good imprint <laughs> on cool genetic thing. culture. Mm -hmm. Know a little bit about Tenting, huh? Introduced the 12 <laughs> Days of Christmas part of Madrigal. Ooh. I mean, honestly, I haven't done anything that good. I mean, right? Mm -mm, so, I mean, history, those are pretty good. <laughs> and he was the first director of the Baker Institute for Peace and Conflict Studies, right? So the brethren were pacifists, and so there was this long interest in conflict, peace, mm -hmm. um, among other things. And um, what I love about this story is that it's a reminder that some of the ways that history works, you know that whole joke where it's like, I bet you can't hold my beer, <laughs> right? You know how that's like just like a trope, right? Yes. I, well, that's kind of how this works. Oh. So the president of Juniata at the time was a guy named Fred Binder. So if you, Kennedy Center, Binder, yep. natatorium, right? Oh. Well, Binder was a swimmer. He was a big swimmer. Loved it, right? That was his sport. And so, like, he swam all the dang time, apparently, for exercise. So uh -huh. good for him. And he and Murray had this, like, a little, like, good-natured kind of... Swim-off. Well, basically. Okay. They basically <laughs> ended up with a swim-off. So what happened is Binder was like... And so he, he was like, uh, I'm going to do, this is 1980s, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to do like a um, swim-a-thon in the natatorium. And it's like, I'll get people to sign up, you know, and for can this was to raise money for cancer research or cancer treatment. And he's like, I'll, you know, I'll have many, you know, lap size swim or whatever. And he's like, Murray, you stink. You can't swim. You know, <laughs> I'll swim you, whatever. And, yeah, I wonder what and he's like, next. yeah, Murray's <laughs> like, you know what? I'll swim all of Raystown Lake. <laughs> what? So, so Murray's like, I mean, he put it out. He's like, you swim what you want to swim, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to swim the whole lake, right? Like, From one end to the other end, end of the lake. lake. How many miles is that? Over 20. Jeez. Oh, my God. <sighs> and, uh, so, but I'm, mine's going to be called the swim for peace. I mean, even though cancer is terrible, and you'd be like, swim for can you know, swim against uh -huh. cancer. That's good, but like, swim for peace sounds pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Ring to it. It's like hard to hard to beat that. So part of what he was trying to do is they were just really in the process of launching the Peace and Conflict Studies program and the Baker Institute, and he was kind of thinking two things. I'll, my fundraiser will be to help raise money to create an endowment for the Baker Institute for Peace. Now, they already had some donations before this. It wasn't the first, but it was about enhancing it mm -hmm. and to gain a lot more attention for it on campus and stuff. So, so Murray trains, and he's like, I'm not a swimmer. I don't even like swimming. He's like, but what I figured was I can swim, and I can just think about other stuff while I'm swimming. That was his whole theory. Huh. <laughs> that's, 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 that's I don't know a if that's cheat code a, he has. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's what he said. I mean, uh, what so, did he think about? Like, yeah, how many hours? You, I assume is that? all like, the conflict like, in the world and how much better it would be with peace. That would keep you going. <laughs> essentially, essentially. I guess so, so yeah. essentially. So they signed people up, and it's like, and the, the, to me, the craziest part was he did it at night. What? Yeah, I yeah, I still don't really yeah, understand. Like that's the of all the parts that I'd be like, nope, not me. Nope, not that either. 
the swimming it at night yeah. part really blows my mind the most. Like, why would you do it at night? <laughs> like, of, all, of all times you want to do something. You know, all right. Like, you know, well, I'll I mean, you're hard. The most like, difficult every, time. I feel yeah. like everything about it's worse. Yeah, when the, when the oh. sun comes down and I just don't know where I'm going, I'll just... I'll just swim. What yeah. the hell? So he, you know, part of it was he was like, whatever you do, I'll do better, right? So Binder swam however many laps for his swim. So, so he's like, well, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. So they had to, like, convert how many miles is that in laps so he could be like, see, I told you I'd beat you, Binder. Oh. <laughs> right? So he, uh, he swam it at night, the 20-some-odd mile, 20-plus miles. He did the whole thing. He did. He did. I think the goal was, like, to do it in less than 15 hours, I want to say, oh. something like that. I don't Jeez. know. I think he did it in That's 14. a long night. You think he did it in when? I think he did it in 14. Oh, <laughs> I don't actually know how long. I know that was like part of the bet was something about like, can you do it in less than 15 hours? Okay. Wow. He did it and he lived to tell about it. And, um, you know, it, he, you know, his imprint on Juniata in a whole bunch of ways still going, right? Even though he's wow. safely retired. Wow. That's, that's a crazy story. That's an amazing story. That, like... 20 miles. I know, right? Like, that is my, so. Wait, Walking wait, 20 wait. miles, running 20 miles. There's a lot of ways to suffer, but I mean, like swimming, it seems like no, right. pretty brutal. <laughs> Not just swimming. Swimming in the dark. I know, right? Like he said, you know what? When the sun goes down, I'm gonna start swimming. Yeah. Yeah, I I heard something about his rationale, but I've forgotten what the rationale was for wrong, why you know? why night. You had to. I know what was he like? The I was too busy college. jogging during the day. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what was going on there. Oh God. No, did he did yeah. he like hold it on the same day as that the precedent swimming? No, I don't, <laughs> like no, that would have no. been. No, I think they were uh, apart in time oh. a bit. Oh no! But, but I do love that. Right? It's like I can outswim you, Murray. Hold my beer. <laughs> oh my God! I'll hey. swim this lake. <laughs> hold my wow. beer. I'll get to the other end. <laughs> just, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> that is one iconic Juniadian. Yeah, he def <laughs> definitely is. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing these stories. Absolutely. You bet. Given some amazing people to think about and understand that they've had an impact on your life personally. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> but right. I, I was actually going to ask to make sure. So we have Erwin. Yep. Right? Then we I can't remember his name that we just said. Murray. Murray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's one more. The beginning. Well, we talked about no, the, the, talked founders about the, the founders in the borough of Huntington. Yeah. Yep. Oh, real quick, mm -hmm. I do want to ask you: the three people that that left campus who were from Ohio, <laughs> could you could you tell us those names? <laughs> I do not <laughs> remember those names. You do not? I do not remember those. What? Names. I thought you were going to ask me like who were the four people who started the Huntington Beer Club, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure I could get that right. Oh, well, wait, that's a much more interesting yeah, that's question. A much more interesting <laughs> question. There is a Huntington Beer Club. Oops. <laughs> well, there is. Okay. Tell us and about that. Who so it? you may be aware that honey, that Pennsylvania used to have, still somewhat, some fairly arcane laws around the governance of beverages, alcoholic beverages. So for a lot of us, we had either grown up in other states, we became 21 in other states, mm -hmm. at which point we began to learn these things. And um, so moving to Pennsylvania, one of the interesting challenges for some of us was like trying to wrap our head around the rules. So when we, at the time I came here and a lot of other folks, uh, you could not, you really couldn't buy beer on Sunday at all. Um, oh, you, I mean, there no. was no brewery in Huntington. Mic drop. 
sad face. Oh. <laughs> Such <laughs> sad faces. And um, so part of what happened was you would have to buy, and Sheets could not sell beer. Giant could not sell beer. Weiss could not sell beer. Then where'd you get your alcohol? It was like a wasteland. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a desert. <laughs> so you had to go, you could, you could go to one of the bars, and you could take up to, to a 12-pack from Memories or someplace like that. Memories. Yeah. Mm. Made some memories and memories. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, you could take up to a 12-pack in those places, or you, could, or you had to buy a whole case at a beer distributor. Oh. The downside of a whole case is you have to be like... What beer do I want 24 of? <laughs> right? And, you know, some people are down with that, right? They're like, I, you know, I just drink the same beer 100% of the time. This is not a hard decision. Mm-hmm. Some folks like variety, right? Yeah. And some folks are like, well, at this season, I want this beer, and that's, you know, I want to maybe drink stout when it's cool, and I'm going to drink, you know, something, you know, a, a Pilsner when it's warm yeah. or something like that, some mm-hmm. seasonality. Anyway, hard to do. Right. So Congrats. one night, <laughs> As these things will happen, um, on Madrigal Night one year, I think it's about 2008. Okay. Um, I know it's. Oh wait, so af- this is recent. It's recent. I was thinking like this is back in the no. 80s. No, 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 it's not that old. Okay. <laughs> but it is like. Two thousand. Okay, yeah, right. it's like 2008 <laughs> or I know we started keeping records in 2009. Wait, you mean the the <laughs> drinking club, the beer yes. club? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, (laughs) if you're keeping records, pretty organized, I assume, and probably pretty sober. Um, So the we was there's a for the faculty and staff who serve students as Mm -hmm. wait staff during Madrigal, they was used to be an after party, Mm. and so when when von Liebig opened, it was always up in in uh, the Sill boardroom Mm -hmm. for a number of years. So I remember distinctly being in Sill boardroom at a table. With some other faculty, I think, I want to say it was me, Matt Powell, and Will Dickey. No? You think it was you? Me and they, uh, Matt Dingo. Matt Dingo. That was Dennis Plain, by the way. Yeah, that was Professor <laughs> Professor Plain and Shayla. Oh, um, I, I believe that camera can see you. So, <laughs> so we were grumbling a little about these laws and how aggravating they were. And somebody, was not me, I don't remember if it was which of the other three (laughs) brainiacs it was, was like, (laughs) you know, there's four of us at this table. In a week, we could just all go to the distributor, each buy a case of beer, and then we could just get together and swap out, and we'd each have a variety. variety, Right, we'd have four types of beer. Okay. Using right. Juniata education. <laughs> right. You've, yeah. Right. So you've heard of like going to a individualizing of individualized beers. How can I get the most out of my beers? So you've heard of like a potluck, right? It's like the luck piece is you don't uh-huh. know. Maybe there's three or four kinds of macaroni and cheese. Oh no. What? Or maybe that's a good thing, right? So like, there's always possible that two people would get the same beer, but that almost never happens. Wait, Especially, so you, you'd never talk about what? No. What? It's a little bit of a surprise. There's that's the fun. That's part of the fun, right? Okay. Um, yeah, so so the first time or two, we would meet at a local drinking establishment because it seemed weird not to meet someplace to drink a beer before you swap beers. Uh-huh. That would be <laughs> unhelpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we did it like maybe once or twice with the four of us, and then very quickly 
Professor Powell and others were involved. And then we're like, we could just meet at somebody's house. We'll each bring some bottles of beer to try, and then we'll, we'll swap the cases. And that went on for a long time. It became a thing. Became a thing, <laughs> yeah. So it was both you know, people from Juniata, but there were you know, folks from the uh, town of Huntington that were parts of it. Um, so it was, it was a good time. And so the, there, you'd have to ask the uh, proprietor, founder of Juniata Brewing, Mr. Steeg, um, about the role of it in his life. But <laughs> when he <laughs> moved back to Huntington, he was part of Beer Club like immediately. Oh, and okay. I think at least contextually, we might have helped influence. I like to think we have we were at least somewhat influential in the desperate need this town had for a brewery. He's like, I don't like any of this beer. I'm gonna make my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I don't know. I'm I'm gonna put words in his mouth, perhaps. Although they're not totally unlike things I've heard him say over the last <laughs> several years, which is that uh, in some ways, you know, this establishment is partly about good beer. But it's also the awesome social experience we all had with Beer Club. But lots of people get to experience it. Commonality? Commonality. Salad Whoa. <laughs> go, Ooh. Rohan. I learned from you. I didn't know you were sober <laughs> enough to remember that. That's impressive. <laughs> that is some Juniata Brewing Company lore that we're not going to get into. <laughs> yeah. Google wow. it. Yeah, Google, yeah, Google. <laughs> Commonality. Wow. Well, that was a very cool, another very cool story. Great story. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we're almost at the end of our show. We'd love to throw you um, another question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to ask you, this is probably going to be our last episode for the season. And You're uh, graduating. Uh, this is probably the last Who's episode. Who's graduating? <laughs> well, Jamel is <laughs> We'll see what the MRI says. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what Erwin has to say about mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to... Ask you, as a professor who's been here for quite a while and you've seen a lot of classes, 24, 24. specific, mm -hmm. uh, graduate. Yeah. Um, and you've also seen them come back and talk to you. You have a lot of insight on, like, what's out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, yeah, okay. What would, you, what would you like to send off our seniors with? A message if you, if you would like. There's, there's quite a few seniors in this room. Yeah, there's a couple. There are. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think... F um, for you guys in particular, class of 22, right? You've had nine sixteenths of your college career has been with COVID, right? And so that's, um, so I'm mindful that, uh, I know he's like doing the math, you can see. Nine sixteenths, um, what is that? That's like not half, it's a little more than half. It's 57%? Right? I don't know. Yeah, huh. Okay. <laughs> Powell, he knows the statistics. Um, I mean, but it's a big chunk, it's a little over half, right? right? Mm -hmm. A half and a quarter, and uh, the uh, something that's, that's meant, I, I don't have to tell you all, that's meant things you couldn't do, things you had to do in more limited ways, and, and all of that. And uh, so I, my own son is a senior in college, mm -hmm. and again, a different country, Ohio. <laughs> and, um, and so I mean, I'm kind of mindful, because I've watched it through his experience a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. So I feel like on the one hand, there's some some things that were challenges, maybe some opportunities lost, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Erwin Hahn went to college during World War II and then was drafted and, and all that, right? The 
students who were here during the smallpox scare also had had their lives disrupted and their expectations you know not met in every way mm -hmm. um, so I, this happens sometimes right um, and I think in some ways it's not always in our power right mm -hmm. to just will ourselves to the world we want but there is sometimes a degree to which we can will some of our lives toward the direction we want. And so I kind of think for you guys, the crucible that's been COVID-19 um, could be one that, you know, that, uh, you know, but part of the idea of a crucible is that it, it makes, you put steel or something in a crucible in order to make it tougher, right? Make mm -hmm. it stronger. Mm -hmm. And that sets up a keener edge. And I think there's the potential for it not to be a thing of loss entirely, certainly. But maybe to make you guys even better in some ways, if that's what you choose to do with it. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm motivated uh, to just finish out finals one. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm about to go study right now. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That. Just imagine if I was on my third beer. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I'm sure a lot of us in the class of 2022 and future graduating seniors and every Juniadian can get a lot from that message. So Absolutely. we appreciate that a lot. Yes. Thank I mean, you. the other thing I would say is don't be as funny as you can be. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I'm so lost. But anyway. Thank you once again for joining us at the Juniata Podcast. We had a great time with you. Uh, thank you to Sean Steak for ho helping, for letting us host at JBC, the Juniata Brewing Company. Give it up. And thank you, Jamel. Thank you, Rohan. As always. But most importantly. Thank you, Jim Tootin. Thank you, <laughs> Jim Tootin. Totally my pleasure, guys. All right. It's a great time. Awesome. Well. You want to do the thing? You want to do the thing? It's we probably can, my last we time. Can do, we can do the thing. Yeah. If it's your last time, <laughs> we can do it. Nah, cool. Together? I, we, I, think, we, I think we should do it together. We do it together. We, we, already, we, we tried it. All right, okay. You, you can right? start. You can start. Right. Just add in. Wait, what do we right start in. with? We, uh, we always do this. This is every, why there's editing. Every podcast episode, if you look at the raw like, <laughs> yeah. recording, it's us like, it's, hey, do you know what we said yeah. here? Um, the end product is just like, it looks like we know our shit. But, but like, <laughs> it's, it's really not at all. All right, wait. Um, we'll see you next week. Yeah. yeah. All right, ready? Yeah. Cool. We'll see you next, next week. week. Damn, we forget. <laughs> see, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. Oh, I guess oh, we're not oh, going to see yeah. That's well, why we're we, supposed to have a professor who can yeah. teach us. <laughs> we well, will most likely not, not see, see you, you next week. Because it's probably the last episode of the season. But we'll see, see you next, next season. season. Indeed. As someone takes on, wink, wink, Jamel, the Juniata podcast season five. five? That's okay. And Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. And Ooh. until, until then, then, stay classy, classy Juniata. Juniata.